The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. We have emerged from the weekend relatively unscathed. Longtime listeners, you know the drill, which will be some terrible wordplay for today's show Uh, and we we have returned from the civilized world here to the wilderness of the internet to present what we call strange news today we're talking about space today we're talking about some very creepy clowns and we're talking about mining we're on the edge of some very very strange things now no matt before we begin today I always wanted to ask you guys, because, you know, we've known each other forever at this point, and you all know that I used to do that car show for a long, long time. Did you ever, like, any time, childhood, adulthood, did you ever want a Rolls Royce, or did you ever ride in one? Did you ever see one? That's the one with, like, the white tires, right? That's, like, a feature of old Rolls Royces, if I'm not mistaken. They have, like, these white tire walls that kind of have to be kept really pristinely clean. Hmm. Uh, Some, yeah, some... Some Rolls Royces do have white wall tires. Uh, that's, if, yeah, that's what they're called. Yeah. 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 And those, it's funny that you mentioned that because so much about Rolls Royces always seem to me meant to be purposely inconvenient. It's kind of a flex, <laughs> right? Like, unlike mm. these peasants, I don't have to worry about cleaning this. The, the footman does it. Or the wheel man. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Really, uh, really cool hood ornament on the rolls. Mm-hmm. It's like a winged kind of creature, if I'm not mistaken. I guess, I don't know. They're, they're probably the only cars around still today that still kind of look like old-timey cars. They have mm-hmm. those really cool, like, wheel wells and mm-hmm. almost have, like, the Model T kind of, like, classic vibe. So I definitely appreciate them aesthetically. But no, I don't even think they're even as fashionable as they used to be, even in, like, pop culture. People are more talking about, like, Bentleys and Bugattis than they are Rolls's. 
and the and the Maserati, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. I, I I guess what I wanted to bring up is that it did seem like a car that you, as the purchaser, didn't really drive. It was driven generally, mm-hmm. at least in pop culture, by somebody else. You're just a passenger in the back, and that's what all of the luxurious things that existed in the car were for. Were for you to sit in the back mm-hmm. and enjoy those while other people did, you know, the stuff like getting you from place to place and keeping you safely alive. That's presumably named Jeeves. Well, Jeeves is the butler uh, stereotypical name. What's the stereotypical driver name? Charles. It might be. Something I think it might be Charles. Like last last name. I don't yes, know. Benson, yeah, perhaps. Mm-hmm. There we go. And hedges, mm-hmm. riding shotgun. Remember, yeah, we talked about that with our buddy Nick the other night. Remember that commercial, the Great Poupon commercial, where mm-hmm. they pull up alongside the fancy, you know, I think it's a Rolls Royce. And pardon me, do you have any Great Poupon? Oh yeah, uh, that is the image I always associate with that level of opulence. Yeah, forever and all time. And the spirit of ecstasy, which is the name for that hood ornament, that sculpture, is also synonymous often with uh, just disgusting luxury and matt you made a fantastic point about how the idea of these vehicles was one of um kind of detachment from the road it was very much a carriage right and the back seat was you can see this sometimes in maybox now as well the back seat was like its own isolated first class cabin uh rolls royce is still around uh one time in a burst of Ill-informed impulsiveness, I actually got kind of close to buying a used Rolls-Royce. And I never told you guys this because it's a it's a story where I don't look particularly good. Luckily, we had our old pal Scott Benjamin there to talk me off the ledge. Uh, this was a former, I highly suspect it was a former drug dealer's car. Uh, it was... <laughs> It was all white on an all custom red, white leather. It had this uh, just egregious bright red shag carpet, like so red that I could see it red shag carpet. And the and the guy, the guy who was selling it was at this car show and didn't want to answer any questions about where the car came from or how he got it. And uh, yeah, and you know, anchoring is a real thing in psychology. So I was uh, I was very lucky to have someone there to say, look, no, this many thousands of dollars just sounds like less than it actually is because you're seeing it in comparison to like a Lamborghini or something super fancy that I could never, uh, that I would never buy. Anyway, so so we know Rolls-Royce, we've all three associated it with opulence, maybe a little bit of a taste of a bygone era, maybe a little bit of a taste of old money, but Rolls-Royce is doing something pretty futuristic now. We talked about it a little bit off air, although this British automaker is known primarily for, you know, automobiles, that's actually a division called Rolls-Royce Motors. Rolls-Royce is into a lot of things, marine operations, uh, they're into controls and data services, and they're also, they've been in the nuke game for a while, just not like this. They recently announced that they are getting into the nuclear reactor game, Just. Kind of surprising. <laughs> Hold on a second. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Just want to point this out. Another thing that Rolls Royce has done to pop culture is being an expression like, oh, that's the Rolls Royce of whatevers. So now mm-hmm. when you say that's the Rolls Royce of nuclear reactors, you can actually be referring to a nuclear reactor manufactured by Rolls Royce. That's a that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, you could. Uh, so they have been working with the United Kingdom Space Agency on a pretty nuts plan. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna learn some really weird stuff about this plan. Their idea is they could build a micro nuclear reactor that would allow them to launch rockets at a very high speed in space, and then from there they could maybe use some of the same technology to reach the moon. So Rolls Royce gets on the moon and then mine it. Doc, edit me here. Mind the shit out of it. And this is like, have you ever looked at the moon and thought, wow, what an investment opportunity? I don't think a lot of people, I would like to think a lot of people have not, but this this is strange. We talked about it in the past. I believe we did an episode on the old plan during the Cold War, right, to nuke the moon. Uh, If you guys remember that one. That's right. As a weird, Mike, it was more of a, 
uh, Cold War tactic, right? It was like, we're going to do this. It's a threat, you know? Yeah. But they never actually followed through with it. It was meant to be a show of force, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was definitely a flex. It's known as Project A-119, and it was developed in the late 1950s. The idea was that you would detonate, you being the U.S. Air Force, would detonate a nuclear bomb on the moon and then you would say, well, we're it's going to help us understand more about astrogeology and planetary astronomy. But the other side of that, since this was the Cold War, was obviously a show of force to the USSR. Like, uh, look what we could do to the moon. Yeah. I feel I feel over in Moscow. Uh, so now we see that. And this also, by the way, we talked about this off air. This also inspired a wonderful sketch by the good folks over at Mr. Show which was about blowing up the moon that is, I suspect, based on this Cold War project. As far as Rolls-Royce's plan, well, it sounds crazy, but they're not, they're not coming up with this idea out of whole cloth. It turns out that a lot of people have been thinking about mining the moon for, for some time. And, and I believe we've talked about this a little bit in the past, right? Yeah, I, I'm... Ben, I got to say, I'm looking at some of the materials here. I did not know Rolls-Royce had a defense division. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What? You said they're mostly known for cars. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of like Westinghouse. I mean, speaking of reactors, like Westinghouse builds reactors. They also make TVs and microwaves and refrigerators and stuff. So, I mean, yeah. What? This is news to me about Rolls-Royce, though. I did not realize they were uh, dipping their toes into, into the scarier parts of the manufacturing world. Well, they've also, you know, to be fair, they've been working with the United Kingdom to develop nuclear-armed submarines. They also help maintain the existing fleet of what are called Vanguard-class nuclear subs in the UK. Uh, they're, they're a company that does uh, more interesting stuff than just super fancy-pants cars. Uh, but in, in this situation, though, we're talking about what you could mine on the moon— there's there's a little bit of coin to be made. The moon contains metals like iron, titanium, aluminum, magnesium. And because the moon is not subject to claims of sovereignty, this means that uh, the legality of whether to do this is still kind of up in the air. What are I people going to do? Go to the moon and stop you? But doesn't that make it like a diplomatic nightmare? And, oh, yeah. and and once you get, say you get there first, then somebody else gets there. How do you, isn't, isn't that just like a, doesn't that become a, like a turf war at that point? If, if no one actually has any like boundaries around any of this stuff? It can, yeah. That situation will inevitably come to a point of profit sharing and then a little bit of quid pro quo horse trading. Uh since Rolls-Royce has been in the nuclear game as far as subs are concerned for 60 years or more, the, the idea is that it's not a huge leap for them to go into space. Because, you know, as as we'll find, as we'll find later in today's show, actually, building stuff that allows people to survive underwater at depth has a lot in common with building stuff that allows people to survive in space. You know, think about a submarine. The air has to be recycled. There has to be a consistent source of food and energy. These are things that have a lot in common with uh, the the challenges of building human, almost said infested, human-occupied spacecraft. So the question here really, I think, to the point about diplomatic, diplomatic disaster is a question of cost-benefit because... Right now, there is a huge shortage of what are called rare earth metals on this planet. Uh, they could be found on other planets. They could be found on the moon. And in a typical show of panache, Dave Gordon, Matt, he's the uh, head of the Rolls-Royce Defense Division that you mentioned earlier. Dave Gordon doesn't want to stop at the moon, folks. Oh, conspiracy realist. Dave Gordon's the type of guy who would say, why stop at the moon? Let's go to Mars. You know what I mean? Let's get some <sighs> let's get some nuclear mining up on Mars. Let's see what happens. Carpe diem. You don't want to go to Mars, man. There's ghosts there. No, you uh, seen the John Carpenter right. movie. Yes. Well, you know what? For my money, 
the taxpayer guy over here, just like everybody mm-hmm. on this call. Okay, um, nice flex. I'm working on it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, you pay those? Yeah, yeah, cool. I do. I'm a bully, good boy. Bully for taxes. you. Bully what for up? you, man. Wow. Yeah, I, <laughs> right. I, I will say, it was one time in my life where I was a good three years behind in taxes. That has never happened again since, and I lived every day in fear of the IRS knocking on my door, but seems to have uh, passed. But Yeah, good job. <laughs> Side note. Side note, Matt, before we continue, um, the U.S. tax system, whether by design or incompetence, disproportionately targets the vulnerable. I think that is quite clear. Oh, yeah. That's not a political point either. It doesn't it doesn't matter who's in office, who is most likely to get audited. It's just more expensive for the IRS to go after the people they should be pursuing. Agreed. You're right. By the way, ability to like fight back. (laughs) <laughs> yes, exactly. And good job keeping all, right. all of that quiet, Noel. Uh, best of luck to you in the future. So, uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> but my whole point of saying I'm a taxpayer is that, yes, yeah. mine, mine Mars all you want. Please, to your heart's content, mm-hmm. companies, go to Mars, mine it, bring back resources mm-hmm. from Mars. Please, please don't mine all of the heavy metals out of you know, the moon that is locked in orbit with our planet that, that, <laughs> yeah. makes, that is so, you know, important for the tides and all the things that give life on this planet, please, mm-hmm. for the love of whatever, whatever yeah. insert there, mine Mars, mm. please, not the moon. I mean, I imagine we're doing a P like there's a PSA we need to say it here. You know, you'll want to look back on this period of time and think I could have saved the last werewolves. But instead, I was super, I was super into destroying the moon. I, and this is, you know, <laughs> this, this is a serious, well, you know, something like that. This is, this is a serious cause. Uh, you, you do make an excellent point, right? And we know that just based on the rough cocktail napkin math, it's highly unlikely that somebody would very quickly extract so many resources from our planetary sidekick, from the the, yeah. the lunar Robin to Earth's Batman, uh, it's unlikely that it would immediately drain so much mass as to affect the gravity. But also, we don't we don't really know. No one yeah. has ever, as far as humans know now, successfully mined the moon. Right? A couple of people yeah. showed up there. They played golf. They put some flags on it. Uh, as Norm McDonald pointed out, there was one guy who got all the way up to the moon and then had to stay inside and watch the other dudes, you know, cavort around. I mean, they're just the last thing, Ben, here is that I, I agree with you. That's not going to happen immediately. But we know what industry does. If it's lucrative and we've got all these companies that are vying for the ability to go up there and mine minerals and have access to those, we can see how it'll expand. We're not talking immediately. We're talking about years from now. Mm. The good thing is we can just send our trash up there to the moon to replace all of the all of the mass that we're taking in the form of <sighs> elementals. <laughs> all right. You know how much stuff is out in orbit. This for any other civilization passing by Earth, this planet looks like the bad house in the neighborhood. You know, totally. along with a bunch of junk Space in the trash. yard. It's a whole yeah, thing. like yeah, yeah. the equi- all those dead satellites, all that detritus. It's the equivalent of having like an old, and not a Rolls Royce, but you know, like an old Honda up on the bricks, sure. just, just <laughs> gathering it, dust. It does make me think of like how you know, in some like far to medium future when this is happening, like Ooh. it would probably change physically, like the way the moon looks, you know, from earth. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. and, and that's the kind of thing you think of in like sci-fi or whatever, like anime. I always think of the show, the tick where one of the, uh, the ticks nemeses, I believe his name was Chairface, uh, tries to write his name on the moon, but only gets like a couple of letters in. So it's sort of a running gag throughout the course of the show. The moon just says CH on it or CHA or, or something like that. Mm. But yeah, there were mining operations like of scale and and all of the stuff that you're talking about maybe you know trash or whatever I, I i can't imagine that it wouldn't change physically the way the moon looks and that would kind of be sad but uh, i guess you know maybe worthwhile because we are in a situation where like there's a shortage of all, like you said, Ben, all of those rare earth minerals that, that go into making microchips and, you know, a lot of the processing um, components that we need for 
computer systems and car um, navigation systems and all of that stuff. So having other options would certainly be nice. But I think a big slowdown, too, has had to do with uh, shipping. So wouldn't it be prohibitively expensive to mine stuff on the moon and then ship it back to the Earth? Certainly would cost a hell of a lot more than getting it from, you know, China or the other side of the planet, right? Or no? Am I, am I overthinking this? Well, it depends on how much the cost is. There is one thing for sure, though. Uh, Rolls-Royce in the UK are not the only players in this field. They are actually in a bit of a competition to see who can get there first. NASA recently gave a team of researchers at University of Arizona a half a million dollar grant to develop new methods for mining asteroids in space. Uh, also, there are other there are private companies like Honeybee Robotics, Mast and Space Systems, Lunar Outpost, last name especially Creative, who are all trying to figure out, those three in particular, trying to figure out how to mine water ice from the moon using rockets. And their goal is to start doing this by 2023, which if you're listening to this the day it comes out, it's not that far away. If you're listening to this after 2023, send us an email, drop us a line, conspiracydieheartradio.com, and let us know if it actually worked, because I would love to hear about it. Uh, Wait, it's man, important. Are you talking about yeah. them, they're mining that delicious uh, frozen treat that's so popular in Philadelphia, water ice? No. Yeah, that's why water ice is primarily originally located in Philadelphia. That's where the first lunar rock hit that contained water ice and all of the flavors, all of the flavors. Uh, So except no substitutions, we're going to move on. The last thing we'll say, even though this is an exciting, scary time, I think this could be a full episode as we see people get closer to becoming the next subject of an Ozymandias poem, uh, is that people like Peter Diamandis, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, and even the financial firm Goldman Sachs have all at some point predicted that the world's first living trillionaires, kind of people who would put, uh, who would make Jeff Bezos look like a pauper in comparison, the first trillionaires will be the people who make their fortune in asteroid mining. Uh, the future is still a little far off as we record, but uh, we're going to keep an eye on this. I think this is an excellent episode uh, for the future. For now, we're going to pause. If you're listening at night and got a clear view of the sky, go ahead and just shoot a glance up at the moon uh, while it's the way you remember it. We'll be right back. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. (laughs) 
And we're back with more strange news. It is the, the season, our favorite time of the year, uh, yes. approaching Halloween, or at least, you know, if you go in the grocery stores, you would think it was like literally tomorrow with the smell of cinnamon mm. brooms and, you know, tiny, uh, you know, decorative skulls and spooky things to put all around your house. My kid loves it too. I think we're all on the same page there, but um, got a bit of a Halloween-y story today. Do you guys remember those rash, the rash of like, clown pranks or maybe there were there was like a whole story around like people kind of coming at people in clown costumes and like you know yes. in more than just prank territory it almost felt like it was like a, an epidemic of some kind right a couple of years ago 16 2016 mm-hmm. clown sightings. We did an episode on it, I think. That's right. It was the yep, year they of the sent clown. in the clowns. They did. <laughs> Worth they it. did. Uh, but they were already there. Um, and they're they're still they're still around. Uh, uh, clowns definitely get a bad rap. Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, 2016 was also when the first It movie came out. So there was some kind of speculation that maybe it was like uh, viral marketing for the It movie. They did do some of that, but there were certainly some unrelated cases. Um, but now it is 2021 and the clowns are back uh, or at least that's what people were thinking um, in Singapore no less um, so it appears that there have been sightings all around Singapore of uh, somebody dressed in a clown uh, conspicuously hanging out outside of like elementary schools um, which isn't creepy at all right um, and, and it caused Quite a bit of chaos. Uh, we'll walk through the whole thing. Vice World News reported on this initially. Uh, that's where I found it. Uh, and they uh, spoke to someone named Lean Wong, who is the mother of a school-aged young lady uh, named Anne. Um, and she went to pick her daughter up from school and got all these alarmed texts from other parents uh, that the police had put out an APB on a person or persons dressed as clowns seen loitering around primary schools. Um, And she kind of freaks out a little bit because she's running late uh, and she doesn't see her daughter anywhere um, when her car pulls up to the, uh, you know, the carpool line. So she's freaking out. She's seen all these texts. Um, she's telling this device. Um, she checked her phone, opened Facebook, did all of the kind of scans of social media posts um, and starts seeing in these parenting groups that she's a member of pictures of these different men dressed up as clowns that are approaching children outside of the school. Um, and some of the message claimed that the uh, clowns were paid to literally stalk children, like follow them around um and there's a really great quote here she says uh, wong says clowns are terrifying even to adults this is any parent's worst fear <laughs> what if they turned out to be psychopaths and murderers wanting to harm children um there was also a bit of uh kind of another story um that that maybe caused some of this panic to escalate um apparently there yeah I mean, we've talked about this how there's almost no gun violence in asia um but oftentimes when there are killings they involve you know knives or blades of some sort stabbings you know and they can be very very grisly and apparently there was such an incident uh, at a nearby school in july where a 13 year old was uh, allegedly killed by another student using an axe so that's a whole nother story so a bit of tension already in the air because of this. So the Singapore police say they had gotten all these reports of these clown sightings. Um, there are some images that you can find, uh, screenshots of a, a kind of a tall man wearing a plaid shirt, um, wearing a clown makeup, but like not a mask, but like painted clown face, clown nose, and kind of have his head cocked to the side and is wearing this like weird, tall, goofy, kind of felt-looking top hat. Um, and here, here's the twist, guys. <laughs> So it turns out there's this private education center called Speech Academy Asia, and this was them running what they thought was a very clever marketing, uh, what do you call it, a stunt, I guess? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's like, don't be a clown. Learn how to speak publicly. I'm just, you know, kind of uh, editorializing what their slogan might have been or what the hell they were thinking. But uh, their director, a guy named Kevin Tan, um, came out, made a statement <laughs> to a, a news organization called Straits Times um, and copped to this and said, there was no evil intention behind the costumes and we sincerely apologize for it. We will not do it again. <laughs> um, and then went on to say that their employees did not offer any form of monetary rewards for children to follow them and did not take any children out of the vicinity. 
Few? Uh, what, what do you guys think? <laughs> Sounds like someone someone working at the school uh, has an off the books personal relationship with the clown company, and yeah, we're trying to make so. some bucks. I saw the Facebook the Facebook comments. Um, that was where I think that original statement was posted from Speech Academy. They're really interesting because because people did not react well. Uh, I think you know, especially in these troubled times but in general if you're a parent you want you want one big thing predictable safety for your kids right especially when you're not around which means that which is part of the reason why parents have to sign off on field trips even if they seem relatively innocuous right that's why things like career day get announced um and i i understand you know between between us uh the between those of us recording here to stuff they want you know, we have educators in our past. Some of us have kids. And this this just seems I think what's missing for me here, Noel and Matt, is that I don't understand what what exactly the enrichment would be. Was it just a, a misstep to say, like, hey, I think kids will enjoy clowns, even though for a lot of the world in a post John Wayne Gacy environment clowns are synonymous with sinister motives and creepiness. I, I don't. I, that's the thing. I don't understand. And this doesn't mean the motivation doesn't exist. I just I don't understand the dots. Like, what, why wouldn't you just get like a magician or someone who makes balloons or what, what's another thing kids like? Somebody dressed up as a popular cartoon character. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've Power got Ranger. friends who do the. Yeah, I got friends who do the. Um, who who are parts of companies where they regularly go to children's parties dressed as, you know, um, or acting as like Elsa or Pocahontas or Cinderella or what have you. And it's a good business. It's really wholesome. Agree, but I think it's less about the costume. That's certainly part of it, and, and let's allow it to kind of rocket to such a you know fever pitch nationally because of exactly that. It's approaching Halloween. It makes for a good clickbaity headline and you know we think clowns are freaky which is a problem for people that are professional clowns i mean their reputation as like a wholesome form of entertainment has really been sullied over the years because of things like stephen king's it and john wayne gacy and just the idea of you know the creepy clown but i just think any adult in a costume hanging around primary schools trying to pass out flyers to small children is is ill-advised and, and and oh my god ben you mentioned the facebook group matt you got to check this out too if you just type in uh, speech academy asia facebook i mean they are just getting shredded it's like literally unrelated to any of this they're talking about their covid protocols and please beep me on this alexa but i gotta do it one um commenter just goes stop your stupid f-ing clowns loitering outside primary schools another one stop clowning around and play- preying on our children you call yourself an educational consultant how much do you understand about children and the parents needs smack yourself for approving and conducting such marketing campaign i regret sending my child to your center waste of money and all of their responses are so like by the book it's like hello username thank you for your feedback we understand parents concerns for the safety and well-being of their children please do allow us to apologize for the inconvenience caused our team is currently in the midst of discussion to rectify this <laughs> i think the damage has been done y'all i don't know mm-hmm. i feel kind of bad i mean it seems like they had the best intentions at heart but such a boneheaded move clown costume or no just any weird adult hanging out uh, outside of a school it's interesting that they're also um it's interesting that one point of contention became the idea that the adults dressed as clowns might be paying children to follow them around uh, because that honestly that just gives us an excuse to talk about one of the most disturbing uh, fairy tales in my opinion which is the uh Pied Piper of Hamelin if you guys remember yes, that one of course. Uh, first all all fairy tales are super dark if you read the original versions. But the thing about the Pied Piper of Hamelin is that there's been some research into what the truth of that, what the origin point of that folklore could be. And I, I wonder if that, if, if people in Singapore, if parents, I, I wonder if any of them thought, are they recreating a Pied Piper 
situation or are they trying to? And then also, also there's just something creepy in general, I think, about adults, especially strangers, giving children money without right. their parents' knowledge. That sounds like a big, Matt, I think you would call that a no-no. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it's a big the, no-no. the following was an aspect of it, guys. Uh, is that what your your interpretation has been? They're, they're saying they weren't paying kids to follow them, but they were... So I, mean, I don't know. Like I, I, I definitely, after reading all these reviews uh, and these comments, you do start to see things get blown wildly out of proportion. I mean, again, this was absolutely stupid and ill-advised, but I don't know that the people were trying to lure the children anywhere, right? Like that—that's the part. I'm that certainly I'm a not seeing about. that, but I don't know. I don't know what people experienced, but I'm not seeing that anywhere, like yeah. actually happening. I'm hearing yeah. like that as rumor. That's exactly right. And the rumor, again, we've, we've, we've all, we're all creatures of the internet. We know how quickly, you know, people love a villain. People love to tear something mm-hmm. down on the internet. And if you start to read these comments, they start to piggyback on each other and escalate and escalate and escalate. Um, and then, and, and before you know it, you know, it's that game of telephone we're always talking about and who knows where the truth actually lies. Um, so I feel bad for the company kind of, because it seems like they'd, Certainly weren't out there to do any harm, but it's also like dangerous when you're marketing directly to children because it's it could be misinterpreted, especially if you're dressed as a as a creepy clown outside of a elementary school when there was a you know axe murder earlier the in the year. Right, that's the part that seems um what a PR firm call it bad optics. You know, um, I just still like. I'm thinking of all the other things that you could possibly do to promote enrichment and promote speech. Oh, to promote the speech enrichment classes. Maybe speech enrichment is kind of a, uh, and we don't know this, I think, uh, at least we don't know this yet, but maybe the speech enrichment classes are kind of like drama classes or performance classes. And the logic was maybe that we're getting performers to show these kids and then maybe they can take uh, maybe they can take something like a clown or circus act related classes because I I can't remember if we mentioned which show we mentioned this on, but there are really prestigious clown schools in Italy and in parts of Europe. And it it very much is a a respected art form. Um, This is just this is not the look there. There are tons of things and this one is not it. Agreed. Oh, yeah, I agree, Ben. I just want to say on that Facebook page, you can see an interview with one of the people who was involved in the viral photo that went around, the one that sparked all the outrage from the parents. Uh, It is a very sweet little interview. I haven't watched it all yet, but it's a person just explaining what was happening. Uh, It feels very, very innocent to me. But again, who knows? Oh, I'm with you, Matt. And I think really the takeaway from the story is just how that kind of stuff can just really balloon out of control when people start like, you know, looking for someone to blame and uh, and creating scenarios maybe did never really exist. But again, boneheaded move on the part of this company, um, ill-advised, but not necessarily ill-intentioned at all. So with that, I think we can uh, we can pop to a quick break and then we'll be back with one more uh, bit of strange news. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years, and not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. And we've returned. Wait, already? I mean, we did... No, I don't think anybody had time to put on their clown makeup. What are you talking about? I wear mine all the time. It's just how I exist. <laughs> well, I apologize, everyone. Uh, let's take another break so we can all get our clown makeup on. There okay. we go. Okay. And now yeah. we're ready. Okay. So <laughs> we're going to dovetail off of Ben's story from this week where Rolls Royce wants to mine the moon. And we are going to discuss a company that wants to mine deep deep within the ocean so deep <laughs> within the ocean down to the abyssal plain and beyond for me personally it is a very frightening concept and i'm having visions of terrible things happening in the future i am not psychic like many are <laughs> but you mean like uh, unlocking some sort of like lovecrafty and rift between universes or something like that Oh, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Okay. 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 Let's let's jump through. I'm going to read from a Guardian article titled Race to the Bottom, the Disastrous Blindfolded Rush to Mine the Deep Sea. Ooh, sounds so just ominous. Here we go. I'm going to read directly from this. It was written by Jonathan Watts. It was posted September 27th. That's today, the day we're recording this. He says, in late June, the island republic of Nauru informed the International Seabed Authority, the ISA, based in Kingston, Jamaica, of its intention to start mining the seabed in the Clarion-Clipperton zone. That's a very specific thing that we're going to talk about. In two years' time, via subsidiary of a Canadian firm called The Metals Company. You can look up The Metals Company if you wish. It's a TMC. It's written as TMC. And it's also it also may be known as Deep Green. At least previously, it was known as that. Oh, that's a nice name. Right? Sounds good. Deep Green. Ooh. And Deep Green, the concept of green energy plays heavily into this, as well as heavy metals. Wow, they're all the words that are coming together and forming thoughts. And we're building a Tulpa <laughs> here, guys. Here we go. So yeah, the Clarion Clipper... <laughs> So the Clarion-Clipperton zone is an area between the Hawaiian Islands and Mexico and parts of America over here on this side. It's a fairly large zone. I mean, very, very large. And it is the really what we're interested in and this, these companies are interested in is the very bottom, the actual seabed in this zone. And I'm going to continue reading from the article just so we, we are all on the level playing field here as we're thinking about this. From the article, they're saying that this basically request, this written uh, statement that you, are, you have two years to give us what we need in order to begin drilling or at least exploring drilling on the seabed here, uh, according to the article, was a starting gun for a resource race on the planet's last vast frontier the abyssal plain that stretches between continental shelves deep below the oceans. So what could this mean? This concept of a company wanting to drill for minerals down deep beneath the ocean. Well, they're looking at the, at least the things on the surface. Hey, see ya. Uh, fishery uh-huh. disturbances, water contamination while it's happening, sound pollution, 
that's going to affect any sea creatures in like within a considerable distance, as well as habitat destruction for numerous species that make their home close to the bottom of the ocean or at least within the, the abyssal zone. And we know there's a ton of life down there. There are several documentaries you can watch on that right now. You can also continue reading that article that I already mentioned to learn about several major species. But there are countless others that we are not yet aware of just because they're so deep and we haven't explored those areas yet. So the big question is, why would those potential risks be worth it? Right. Is it just for bottom line? Is there a greater good argument happening here? Why would mining companies want to mine for stuff there in particular? Well, it's because uh, they know because they've done, I guess, your the initial exploration of what types of minerals exist in these places deep beneath the ocean. And they say that the minerals that are there, copper, nickel, magnesium, several others are essential for the green transition that needs to occur on this planet in order to prevent uh, the things that have been outlined by the Paris Climate Accords. Uh, so mm. the company, you know, the company is at least making that argument, as well as probably the, you know, the mining industry as a whole, as they want to go to the moon and to the depths of the ocean to find these things in places that they don't seem to exist on the planet, or at least are very difficult to get to on the planet and other places. Um, this is a statement from that article. If the world wants to decarbonize and reach net zero emissions by 2050, they say we must start extracting these resources for car batteries and wind turbines very soon. That's why they're putting this pressure on by giving this two year notice, essentially. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to learn more about the initiation of some of these actions there's another guardian article you can read titled deep sea mining could start in two years after pacific nation of nauru gives un ultimatum so that's really the starting point for everything this initial article the one that i mentioned at the top is a little more analysis than what you get in this article the deep sea mining one um, but either way you can you can see everything you need to know here and what you'll find is that the largest voices saying no or we should fight back against this are people like at Greenpeace International who see this as a major ecological problem of serious damage that will be caused by this mining operation, especially given Ooh. the unknowns that exist. Uh, it, it seems like it's going to be extremely an extremely difficult thing to achieve and do right and do safely to ensure that major ecological damage is not incurred. Uh, I'm going to side with unavoidable uh, just because <laughs> not yeah. because not because there are any like captain planet level supervillains here, but but because the the attempt to do this stuff is relatively new, right? I believe it's 1970s where out, different outfits first tried to dive into this. And one thing that they found was that the technology just wasn't there. And even if the technology is there uh, now, Matt, I really appreciate the point you are raising, which is the, the great unknown of deep sea ecology and what, what lives down there. Like it's, it's not unusual in any given year for a new type of animal to be discovered at these uh, depths of the ocean, including some of my favorite, like new varieties of octopuses. And, and there is, yeah. you know, there is that argument they're making does have some sand, right? Because the, the idea here is that if everything goes smoothly, this will in some way mitigate the looming ecological disasters just around yeah. just around the the chronological corner but the issue with that is that everything will not go smoothly it is yeah. virtually a certitude everything will not go smoothly in this regard it the, the money's just going to get too good that's what's going to happen well the money will be too good because they're talking about vital materials vital minerals needed to expand and to get us again humanity to a place where we've decided we need to get to and uh, talking about the 1970s when the first attempts to do this were occurring 
I'm going to give you a quote from that article. There was a, some chief executive that was involved that isn't even, I don't think they're even attributed here for this quote, but this task was like, quote, standing on top of the Empire State Building and trying to pick up small stones on the sidewalk using a long straw at night. <laughs> Just the, yeah. the, the concept of, of, of accurately from whatever vantage you are on either the surface or even deep below the water, just nowhere near the, the level you need to get to to actually access these areas easily and just noodling around until you can suck some things up that you need. And you know what some of the regulatory bodies are looking at, some of the data that they have can also be found online. I would highly recommend checking out, I think it's Frontiers in Marine Science uh, if you search for that, Deep Sea Environments and Ecology, there is an article here called Inactive Sulfide Ecosystems in the Deep Sea, a review. And if you look at this, it kind of goes deep into what they're actually, what would be mined here. And do you guys remember the the vents, like the the heat vents at the bottom of the Geothermal. ocean that we all oh, yeah. learned about? Yeah, sure. These are the things where there's mineral buildup from these essentially exhaust pipes from the bottom of the ocean uh, that they want to that w they will break off. And the ones that they're targeting are ones that are inactive. They are currently not, you know, ejecting the, the heat. Uh, sorry, uh, again, as far as we know. Yeah. And, and let me correct myself. I misspoke hydrothermal vents, not geothermal. Yeah. That was a rookie mistake. But but the problem here is that these things that are a lot like geysers, right, basically on the ocean floor, they're home to some of the most unique uh, naturally occurring life on this planet. You know, extremophiles, things that are literally the closest to what we might find on on some alien planets. Right. We are not alike. They are built different. And if there's an inactive hydrothermal vent, sure, that means that uh, it, the rules are going to change, right? Because that heat is the, that heat essentially replaces the sun and the role the sun plays for the surface walkers. But the, like the, still though, Matt, do we know enough? We being current civilization, do we know enough about what may or may not live around those inactive vents? Do they go through periods of activity and inactivity, right? Is the store permanently closed or is it just, you know, shut down for the weekend? Ah, see, maybe. I don't know. I don't have those answers for you. I wish I did, but, but no you may be right. But here's the thing. I'm not here's and your people are going to say you're callous, Matt, you're evil. I can't believe you. But I don't even care about all the animals that live <laughs> down by the thermal vents. What I care about is the concept that they're messing with the systems, the system beneath those actual vents that are venting out that energy. I'm thinking about this as the fracking industry. If this is really the first salvo from a company to go down there and really start digging stuff up and taking all these minerals out and, and they're, they do a good job and, oh, man, the shareholders are all happy with this, the next company comes along and they start doing it at another spot on the ocean. They start disturbing it. What if they disturb some process the way nobody knew fracking was going to disturb <laughs> the ground and cause earthquakes they cause some other stuff to happen and now we're talking about uh, deep under the sea or aforementioned interdimensional rift you know unleashing of elder uh beasties you know from from the abyssal plane um i've been listening to the audiobook version of michael crichton's jurassic park <laughs> Lately, uh, I just finished it. It's really good. Uh, they did a great job making that into a movie, but there's a lot of cool sciencey stuff in the book that that they kind of gloss over in the movie. And Ian Malcolm makes a really good point about how um, John Hammond says, you know, the whole thing. Like, oh, well, this, use this genetic engineering to make entertainment. It's such a simple idea. And then Malcolm kind of thrashes it before because essentially the idea is like, 
They make this thing. They figure out how to sell it. They patent it, and they slap it on a lunchbox before they ever even think about you know the implications uh, to the greater world at large of like you know bringing these ancient creatures back from the dead. Essentially, when there's probably a reason that they were uh, you know they're not on this earth anymore. Um, but it's the same thing with like this this type of thing that you're talking about, where it's like yeah we can do this. Oh, of course we're mitigating all of the potential negative impact, but they never really fully are. You know, they, 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 they do these studies like with fracking to, oh, is it safe, quote unquote, within this certain range. But then over time you realize, oh, wait, shit, actually it's causing all these problems that we are now not going to fully acknowledge because we did our homework. It's going to be the same thing with this. And you're right. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is scary, especially as little as we know about those deep, 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 deep sea environments. I mean, as far as we're concerned, they should be, they're like, might as well be on another planet. I mean, that's that's not wrong. Yeah, that's their setup. Uh, the there's a reason that a submarine has some strange commonalities with spacecrafts, right? And there's a reason that uh, the ocean is so comparatively um, unexplored. I, I think this is going to be on the mind of a lot of people who have tuned into the show. Uh, I mentioned Ozymandias earlier. That's that's where we might end up with some uh, half done work on the moon. But in this case. Deep in the ink, I suggest that we uh, that we all think of the quotation by the infamous poet Abdul Al-Hazred, which is this, that is not dead, which can eternal lie, and with strange eons, even death may die. Props oh. to anybody who cares about that line, gets that, gets that terrible <laughs> reference, um, and you know, the dreamless sleep and so on, but yeah, what... Mm-hmm. What will what will those ramifications be? Now, I would say that the fracking science history has proven was uh, the initial stuff was largely made in bad faith, or it was constrained in such a way that they were setting up this very um, ideal set of conditions. And we know we know that companies involved in fracking were fully aware of the possibility of manufacturing earthquakes, the possibility of poisoning drinking water, and they went ahead with it. So it's it's troubling. It's a troubling precedent, you know, and I don't want to say that this is this means that these folks are themselves acting in bad faith. I'm just saying overall, humans don't have the best track record. And by the time some of these things come to light or are publicly acknowledged, the damage is done. You know what I mean? The the imagined human beings, thanks to these mining projects, discover new classes of extremophiles, can uh, discover animals uh, that were before just relegated to rumors and tall tales of sailors, and we only find them when they're dead. Yeah, that's a kick, I think. That's yeah, a real that kick in the kick. kick in the tentacles. It's a real mm. um, flick in the blowhole there. You know what I mean? Yes, I agreed. Jumping back in here, guys. I don't want every look. You've already written your hate mail. I get it. You heard me say that thing about the animals. It's cool. But listen, just listen. We're in a pretty bad state right now. If we, you know, as a species want to continue living, it seems a lot like we need to do some things to move the needle when it comes to how we get energy and use energy on the planet. If this is one step towards those goals and, you know, saving humanity, I'm down with it and there's going to be some problems and you know we're we're talking about deaths of potentially millions of animals if not more. That's terrible. But does it save us? I'm maybe okay with that. Sorry, this is just my opinion. This is where I'm at right now, guys, okay? I have a son. I got to think right. about him. <laughs> sure. He's got he's so got to outlive cutting me. off cutting off a limb to save the body. But yeah, I right? mean that's that's it, at least that's the argument, and I'm not saying I agree with that, but if that is mm-hmm. if that is true, right, and that is what the actual aims are and it could get us there, then I am interested in pursuing that. But what you should listen to are the experts in this field, and they've signed a petition that says, hey, let's not do this, guys. You can head on over to Seabed Mining Science Statement org and read a statement from marine experts calling for deep sea mining to not occur mm-hmm. just not a petition not we're saved to occur. i know it's a petition but <laughs> i'm these, sorry i'm not being i don't mean to be a debbie downer i just 
Yeah, they're going to do well, it. <laughs> they don't care about petitions. I know, I know, I know. I mean, there's a bottom line here, right? And there's there's potential sure. for there's there's a lot of potential things going on here. If you go to the very bottom of that page, you can find peer review journal resources, which is I would say one of the best places to start. If you want to be serious about this and you don't want to just read headlines in an article, um, highly recommend going there and doing that. And you'll learn why in you know two years' time from now when the first deep seabed mining occurs, we unearth the alien civilization that has been here the whole time and they were underneath those vents. To paraphrase the old adage, uh, maybe we should let sleeping gods lie. Uh, but... But you're right. You know, the only thing I would say in response to that argument of um, endangering a portion of life to save something else, to save the greater portion or the life that humans tend to prioritize, is that argument is a little tougher to maintain when you realize the marine ecosystem is already at a crisis point and it is part of a larger interconnected system. It's not discrete. It doesn't exist on its own. But that's where we are, aren't we? Blow up the moon, drill in the sea, send in the clowns. This is a pretty good show this week. Just like the clowns, the aliens are already there. <laughs> They're there the whole time under the vents. And you know what's fascinating is everything that we've named today, everything we've explored today is going to have repercussions in the future. I'm really interested to see how this develops. And Matt, you know, you point out something I think a lot of astute listeners clocked as well. In just two years' time, right, 2023, there are people who claim they're going to be mining the moon and people who claim they're going to be mining the depths of the ocean. So I wonder, I wonder what the, uh, I wonder what the future brings. I hope we're still doing this show. Yeah, from a submarine. Why, Why not? Because Why not? Because we're in space. We're, we're a submarine in space, space traveling up. to Andromeda. <laughs> Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I don't know why. And, and we want we want to hear, you know, what'd be great. It'd be great to hear from some folks in Singapore and see how the story has been reported there uh, about the about the ill fated marketing uh, of, of that academy. It also would be great to hear from people who are already associated with resource extraction operations in a maritime environment you know, on oil platforms, for instance. Uh, it'd be great to hear from people who are involved in the aerospace industry. Is it is it a pipe dream uh, to, to imagine uh, mining resources from the moon in a economically feasible way? And what do all these things mean for the future? We'd love to hear your take. And we try to make it easy to find us online, whether you're in a submarine, a spaceship, or, you know, a clown suit. Right. Yeah. And unlike uh, weirdos hanging out outside of schools in clown suits, the internet, as far as we're concerned, can be your friend. Uh, if you find us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Conspiracy Stuff, Conspiracy Stuff Show on Instagram. Um, if you don't feel like going on the internet, you can give us a telephone call. We got one of those. Yes. Our number is 1-833-STDWYTK. You have three minutes. Please give yourself a cool nickname. Any will do. We appreciate that. And tell us anything you want to. It could be a story, especially a ghost story. We love those. Maybe an experience you've had that's hard <laughs> to explain. We'd love to imagine what that could be. We, we like that a lot. Uh, or, you know, anything you've heard on any of these episodes and you want to just comment about it, we'll take it. Or just a compliment, you know, not to interrupt Matt, but I, I, I don't know about you guys. I could use a win. I think most people could these days. Right there with you. Buddy. Sure. Yes, we do. We love those kind messages. They make the world go round. So if you have too much to say and you just want to say all the nice things, you can send us instead an email. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.